I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So this week's episode of AEW Dynamite did start with a graphic for Terry Funk, who very sadly passed away yesterday. Now, I don't actually think I can come up with the words to describe the impact he had on professional wrestling. Like, if Terry Funk didn't exist... The whole thing would be completely different. So he is an absolute legend and obviously one of the best ever and thoughts with his friends and family. I mean, seriously, if you're not familiar with Terry Funk, just give it a few minutes a day and go watch a Greatest Hits compilation or something on YouTube. You can see him go through every single decade and he evolves and he changes, but he always remembers the past. This one absolutely sucks. There will never be another like him. Also, hello, my friends, and welcome to Ups and Downs. And even though that is very upsetting news, let's look forward to the future. Because in what, like three, four days, all in is happening here in London, in the United Kingdom, in front of more than 80,000 people at Wembley Stadium. I am so damn pumped for this. The feelings in my tum-tum are going absolutely crazy. If you are going to be there, I shall see you. And please do say hello. I think this weekend is going to be something we remember forever. But as for now... Let's up those doubts. We were not messing around to kick off this week's episode of Dynamite because carry on my wayward son started and here came the elite. They were ready to fight. The crowd were absolutely pumped for this as well and making all the noise, especially because they were going to take on Bullet Club Gold. Or at least that was the idea. But instead, everyone just looked at each other and was like, man, we think you're goobers. And they got into a massive fight. I mean, even the referee got it. So we never got the match. I mean, it was such chaos, I was expecting Dr. Robotnik to turn up and Austin and Colton were smashing up the 310 to Yuma when Kenny Omega cleared the ring and he started to get into it with Jay White. Now look, I know they did their feud in Japan, but do I need this in AEW? Yes, I do. He wasn't able to continue this though because all of a sudden Takeshita teleported in for the Starship Enterprise and he started to whoop his hand. I was like, man, who isn't involved with this? If my mum had walked out, I'd have gone, yeah, it makes sense. It just kept escalating too because FTR's music hit. So never forget, within kayfabe, they must have been sat in the back when somebody came running in and was like, oh my gosh, everyone's getting beaten up. When Cash and Dax were like, right, that's it, push play, we're going. It just meant all of this got even more crazy and Cash and Dax did help out. And just when Kenny Omega was going to hit the one-winged angel, the bad guys decided, I don't want to get beat up anymore. And they left. This was so much fun though, and it was kind of like the ending to a show at the start of the show. So it was basically memento. Did it get me even more pumped about everything we are going to be doing at the pay-per-view though? Yes, it did. Talking about that pay-per-view. Apparently, these are just words that I read on the internet. It has already done more than 90,000 pre-order buys. So once again, this is a moment of time, people. Jump on your horse and ride it to memory town. 
giving it up. Ready for Kate was then backstage with MJF for the first of three of these segments. I'm just going to tell you now all of these flubbing rules. As ever, Maxwell is still that guy because he described himself as the British Bulldog. <laughs> if the British Bulldog was Jewish and a better public speaker. And of course he is saying this because he too is about to main event at Wembley, which is what Davy Boy Smith did back in 1992. And it is such an accomplishment. Nobody can ever take this away from him. It will be historic. Shakira. You also said us Brits have crooked teeth, so once again, you can't take the craziness out of the man, but you can take the man out of the craziness. And he promised to buy us all a pint, and of course, Tony Khan will be paying for it. Now, I don't drink alcohol, but I tell you what, you can buy me a no-sugar Fanta. I'm that guy. MGF then switched into serious mode because he gets it and started to talk about all the other major wrestling events we have seen through the years and the fact they were headlined by the like of Hulk Hogan and The Rock and John Steena and Stone Cold Steve Austin. And now he is about to be standing on the shoulders of Giants because who is going to be closing the biggest wrestling show ever? It's flipping him. This is when Rene started to show clips of everything that happened between him and Adam Cole. And man, Maxwell just opened up his soul. Because like, look, I never had a friend before, but my relationship with Mr. Cole has shown me that you can trust people and you can leave yourself vulnerable. I'm like, man, if he screws you over, I'm actually going to cry. And he better do this too, because sometimes you just want tragedy in your life. I mean, just go ask William Shakespeare. I mean, not now, because he is most definitely dead. And he ended by saying, sure, I'm still a scumbag, but I'm your scumbag. And who doesn't want a scumbag? I just can't wait to see all of this play out, though, because there's so many different directions you can go in. I mean, is MGF actually playing a trick on us? Is Adam Cole going to go, ha I've been tricking you? Or maybe they stay friends forever. We just don't know. That's the point. So this is going to be special. And like I say, I'll get back to this in just a few minutes because we got to do round two. This dynamite as well. My word. Because the next match was John Boxley versus Phoenix. And I checked my wrestling dream match file effects, and yep, it's in there. Now, there is some sadness to this one, because the reason we did book this thing is that Phoenix isn't going to be able to participate at All In. Apparently, he has some visa issues, and that just totally sucks. I mean, if you were going to the show, of course you want to see Phoenix compete. That guy doesn't make any sense. Two plus two equals potato. Now, Mox was clearly aware of this as well, and he even decided, well, I know you're a fast guy, but I'm going to try and stop you. Did it work? No, it didn't. Phoenix just went crazy. Sadly, Jonathan did have a plan. He just went old school because he tried to rip off Phoenix's mask. And I was like, man, you're just a bad person, which was doubly true because he then stomped on him and hit a pile driver. And I was like, well, that's it. He's dead. Phoenix then tried a desperation cut, but instead Moxley started to choke him. So he's trying to strangle the life out of him. So do you know what Phoenix did? He hit him with a cutter. Now, this is great life advice. If anybody does try and strangle you, make sure you hit them with the RKO. Why not? It revved him up because he booted Mox and hit this incredible frog splash. And I'm sure all his frog friends were super impressed. But essentially, Mox was like, no, I don't want you to do this anymore. And when Phoenix came at him in the air again, he just swatted him. I was like, man, you should have really come up with a move. We clearly wanted to keep Phoenix strong, though, because Moxley hit him with an avalanche death rider and he kicked out. But that just pissed off the man. He reapplied the choke. And as we've told a thousand times before, if you can't breathe, you will pass out. And that's what happened to Phoenix. This was absolutely fantastic stuff, though. And of course, there was going to be some kind of post-match fight because all of these guys are involved in Stadium Stampede. 
and we needed to figure out who the mystery guys were. So the rest of the Blackpool Combat Club were here instantly, and they had crowbars. So I'm like, I'm sorry, that is attempted murder. And thankfully, Pentagon and Eddie Kingston must have been watching this, because they came out to make the save. Of course, this is professional wrestling, though, and there's like a ladder system in place. So even though coming out to make the save is like number two, do you know what goes above it in number one? That's right, a big old return surprise. So from nowhere, Ortiz walked out. I was like, well, we haven't seen you in ages. When also, Santana was here. So that's right, the proud of the powerful are back together. And they realigned with the BCC, which makes perfect sense. Because when we saw them in that blood and guts match, they were hanging out with the guys from Blackpool. Finally, the rest of the best friends were here to kind of chase everybody away. But the damage was done. Phoenix had been hit in the head by a crowbar. He was stretched out of there, I presume, to go to a local medical facility. And sure, look, for the second time in one night, we did have one of these big brawls, and people do like to get upset about that. But it just got me so excited for everything that is going to happen, I can't be mad at it. Like, the law of diminishing returns is a very real thing, but here, everyone kept telling me, oh my gosh, all in's going to be special, all in's going to be special. So I started wibbling and wobbling like this. And if you make me, Simon Miller, a wibble and a wobble, you get it up. We also did see Phoenix being driven away in a local medical facility wagon when Ray Paquette was here talking to Eddie Kingston. And this Eddie Kingston is just the best. To the point, bring it down, does Eddie Kingston realize that wrestling is a work? It still says no, because he saw this like it was the worst thing that ever happened and even turned to Renee and was like, your husband did this. Maybe you need to go and sort him out. This story is really good too, because essentially all of Kingston's friends are just being absolute assholes and that's affecting him in his personal life. So it's just another round of applause. And I tell you, before the end of 2024, Eddie Kingston needs to be the AEW World Champion. We then had a pre-recorded video with Sammy Guevara, Cool Hand, Ange, Daddy Magic, and Daniel Garcia. This actually made sense, because Sam was all like, oh, Chris Jericho, I shall be in your corner for life. And everybody else turned up and they're like, did you not see what happened last week? Sure, Jericho didn't join Don Callis' family, but he was going to until he saw a picture of Don ripping his head off. This is why I love wrestling. That's entirely true. Guevara would not relent though, and he's like, I'm going to stand by my friend forever. When Parker was like, please, for the love of everything, would Chris Jericho do this for you? No, he would not. Mamanard and Angelo then did walk off as Daniel Garcia looked at Sammy Guevara before he left as well. And I kind of think that all of these guys are going to be involved when we get to Chris Jericho versus Will Ospreay. I don't know in what guise, but I'm putting it out there. That's my prediction. Also, I like the way that we are just trickling this story along. It's got me intrigued. It was well timed too, because we went straight from this into the contract signing between Chris Jericho and Will Ospreay. Sports entertainment for life. And there was a bunch of security in the ring, which is a massive waste of time, because whenever they ever help during a contract signing, and of course, Don Callis was here with Will Ospreay, who has officially joined his family. What Christmas that's gonna be. Someone surprised Nick Guevara was with Jericho here too, although Callis spoke to begin with, and he was like, ha ha, Chris, listen to me. Even though it would have been great if you had joined my troop, do you know what's gonna be better? Me ending your career forever. Which is why I have told Osprey, come Wembley, he has to kill you. <laughs> That's what he said. So there it is. The crime counter goes up by one. You can't argue this. If you go out there in public right now and shout, oh, I'm going to kill you, you will definitely be spending a night in prison. This absolutely slayed me. William then took over, though, and man, he was so damn good here and was even like, man, Jericho, I saw your announcement that Fozzie is going to play you to the ring. So essentially, you're going to do your own entrance at Wembley Stadium. And that probably means more to you than the match. 
but it ain't the same when it comes to me, Will Ospreay. Because he is doing this for his family and it's going to be one of the biggest matches of his life, especially because if he does beat Chris Jericho, it means within the last two months, he's defeated Jericho, he's defeated Omega, he's defeated Okada, and he can finally start saying, that's right, I'm one of the best ever, which is great timing because in six months, his New Japan contract is up and he wants that bag. He also said, this makes me better than everybody too. It makes me better than you. It makes me better than the elite. It makes me better than CM Punk plant those seeds. It makes me better than Arnold. Joan, it makes me better than Dougal the dog, it makes me the best. Jericho wasn't going to take that line down, so he then got a microphone. He's like, well, why don't we tell the truth here, William? Because five years ago, when everyone was like, oh my gosh, Will Ospreay is going to end his career, much like the Dynamite Kid, your hero, I called you up and said, bro, you need to take care of yourself. You are going to become one of the best in the world, but you've got to be smart. Chris could see his potential, though, which is why in 2021, he wanted to do the match before the pandemic ended it, which is why when they get to England, Ospreay's going to have to do this for his countrymen and he's going to have to defeat Christopher Jericho and I tell you man he kept tying this into the fact that if he's not careful he's going to end up in a wheelchair this was super duper intense stuff I mean he got so potty mouthed Osprey just smacked the microphone out of Jericho's hand so Jericho slapped him which is of course is when a brawl broke out somewhat surprisingly the security got involved they actually did a half-decent job. You've got to give these guys credit, though, because obviously they're not going to be the main event, but they sold this like it was the most important match ever. And I'm pretty sure even if you were one of these negative Nancys going, I don't want to see Chris Jericho versus Will Ospreay, now you were bought in. I don't think they could have done a better job. It's also so cool to allow Osprey to spit fire like this in front of a mainstream audience, whatever the hell you want to call it, because he doesn't cut a traditional wrestling promo, whatever that is, but he's just quintessentially Will Osprey. And when it's so obvious you're coming across as yourself, well, it just flubbing works. You have to imagine that Osprey is going to win as well because that would be massive, but can I say for sure? No, I can't. So it's another round of applause. This was a damn good go-home angle. It is getting it up. Well, we got to round two of these sit-downs with Rennie Paquette, and Adam Cole continued to build. He once again watched a bunch of footage that he has been doing with MGF over the last few weeks and was like, listen, Renee, Maxwell Jacob Freeman is one of my best friends, and to be honest with you, without him, I don't think I would have refound my confidence. I had something in my eye again. Adam then went off saying about when he got into professional wrestling, he did so because he wanted to be the best. And while he has won championships around the world, now he needs that AEW title because it will signify that he has made a triumphant return. Which is when Paquette was like, all right, yeah, that's great and all, but I think we should talk about Roderick Strong and the kingdom. Right, well. The whole point was to underline that those... One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Three don't think that Cole actually can trust Max. This is when he went crazy. Good man, I'm sick of this. Now you're questioning it. They're all questioning it. Why can't anybody believe that I could just have a good relationship with this guy? I'm sick of it. And he walked off. So I thought this was mega interesting because again, MJF was very calm in his interview. Whereas Cole is clearly rattled. And also, when you do break it down, every single time Adam has gone to attack MJF, he's been caught. But every single time MJF has gone to attack Adam, he's changed his mind. So once again, we are doing something big here. I just don't know what it is. And there is a round three to this. So once again, we'll get there in a sec. Because before all that, we had more changes to the All-In card. What is happening? Now, it did explain why we were doing Swerve Strickland and AR Fox taking on Darby Allen and Nick Wayne. Because when we announced that, I was like, well, why are we doing that tag match so close to Sunday? But hey, look, there was an answer. Sometimes it makes sense to wait and see. It was also a tornado tag, so it was basically insane, especially because instantly Swerve just grabbed Darby and went whoop, and he threw him into the crowd. I was like, that ain't normal behavior. Wayne was wrecked too because Fox hit this amazing German suplex, the gates, when they had the bloody tank top that they'd worn when they tried to murder these two and they threw it into Nick Wayne's mum's face who was sat at ringside. So once again, I was like, is that legal? I don't think it is. It absolutely served as an incentive for the good guys because all of a sudden Nick Wayne was doing a double Wayne's World onto these two jabronis when Darby Allen came off the top and he murked him too. He hit a double coffin drop. The fight was then back into the audience when Swerve and Fox were throwing these two around like children. Although you absolutely shouldn't be throwing children around. And when they hit this powerbomb neckbreaker combo, I mean, that looked pretty good. Even when Alan tried to fight back, he basically got stomped on. And when Wayne got hit with this cradle brain buster, I honestly thought it was done. But this was part of the story because Nick Wayne got hit by a move. He got hit by a move. He got hit by a move. But this damn hero kept kicking out. And it went totally bad for them because Fox went for a 450. He missed, which is when Darby grabbed the leg of Strickland, so he was totally boned, as Nick Wayne hit the most devastating move. In all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up, one, two, three. Don't bring it down, it goes up by one. It is wrestling's favorite move. And once again, we got to the post-match, which was a mega angle, because Swerve got the microphone, like some kind of comic book villain. He was just going, ha, 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 ha. This was so disappointed, but he did it in such like a disturbing way. I was like, oh man, this ain't good. He instantly said that AR Fox was a disappointment, so he's acting like his mother now. But how the hell can he trust him at Wembley in front of 80,000 people if he can't even trust him here on Dynamite? So he gave the mic to Prince Nana, who said, sorry, brah, you're fired. When Brian Cage appeared from nowhere, and he ran through AR Fox like he was a piece of cake. Dean Darby and Nick Wayne were then back to make the save. And admittedly, it did get a little bit ridiculous here. Because Darby got the microphone and said, don't worry about that, Fox. You've always helped me out. Let's hug and make up again. I was like, bro, Nick Wayne, who <laughs> stood next to you, these guys actually tried to kill him. That's what they tried to do. But now it's just like shrug emoji. Let's just move on. Rightfully so, our good guys then wanted to know, well, Swerve, now you don't have a tag team partner. So who's going to team with you in London? And I went absolutely crazy. Because who walked out? It was Lutasaurus. 
and Christian Cage. Now this guy is a tyrant because almost instantly he was like, oh, hi Nick Wayne, I heard that you've got a dad and your dad is dead. Also, I've never heard of Buddy Wayne, so he must not be that good. How the hell have we arrived at Christian Cage's gimmick being, if you have a father that's passed away, I'm gonna rag on it. They got even worse because he said it's gonna suck to be you because another one of your loved ones is going to go into a casket because of course now he's in the match and it's got the coffin stipulation. Christian is just an absolute menace. So there you go, it is now gonna be Darby and Sting taking on Swerve Strickland and Christian, which means now everyone's going, oh my gosh, Edge is gonna be there. Because the latest rumor is that apparently, Edge went to WWE and was like, here's what I need to stay. And WWE said, well, we ain't gonna pay you that. So all of a sudden, apparently he's going to All Elite Wrestling. Now we don't know that, it's all rumors and speculation. The only person that knows for sure is Adam Copeland. But if he did turn up in Wembley, of course it would be a moment for the ages. But either way, this tag team match is gonna rule. Look who's in it. We know what Sting likes to do in these kind of situations. Plus you have the crazy stipulation and it's Darby Allen in front of all those individuals. I think we should all be very excited and I'm giving it up. With that said though, I can only presume that maybe AR Fox also has visa issues or maybe there's something personal going on with him. I don't want to speculate, but it kind of sucks that we've already taken him away from Swerve Strickland's group because I thought he really fit, and I thought all of this was really good. So look, it may come out in the wash, there's actually a very good reason for this, but in terms of me watching my wrestling programs and just taking things in the context they are presented to me, it's gotta get it down. Like, he had so much momentum, that kind of feels like it's gone in the other way. Like, it doesn't matter. I just like it. The sheer intensity of this dynamite continued right after this though, because we were doing our big old sit down with FTR and the Young Bucks, hosted by Renny Paquette, and I tell you, wrestling needs to do this more, because when you get it right, it just feels so damn real. We kept it nice and simple as well, because both teams had agreed, I need to beat you so I can say I'm the best in the world, and the other people were like, well, that's what we need as well, and then we can walk around and shake our hips. They also sold it as the biggest fight of their careers, but when it came to legacy, Matt and Nick Jackson were like, no, that ain't the case. We've already cemented our legacy. I mean, we built AEW, but when it comes to you, Cash and Dax, you need to beat us. Otherwise, what are you going to keep going on about? He also reminded them that the reason they got hired at All Elite Wrestling is because they went to bat for them. And let's even look at their name, FTR. That was born on the Being the Elite YouTube series. It's true. Flub the revival. Dax then fired back and was all like, sure, the Bucks used to be the foundations of AEW, but now we're the foundations of AEW, which means we're going to have to crack you into. It's <laughs> a good line. So once again, what we did do here is just make you go, well, I don't know who's going to win. Although I actually feel sorry for these four. The bar is set so high because they are super duper talented. I mean, so many fans are like, unless they have the best tag team match ever, I think it's going to be a disappointment. That's totally nuts. With that said, though, I think they agree with this, and I think they're actually going to go out there and do it. Now, it may not be the bestie-bestie match ever, but it is going to be top five at the very least. I am so pumped for this, and the fact they were so serious here, man, they just get it up. When Ruby Soho defeated Sky Blue, made me a little bit sad, or blue, <laughs> Somebody's gonna punch me. I just thought she had a bunch of momentum and it'd be cool to capitalize on that. Although Ruby did something very interesting here. She cut an inset promo during her entrance where she essentially said, hey Chris Statlander, I want your TBS title. And I thought about it and I was like, yeah, I wanna see that feud. That's why she needs a win here so she can build up her own pathway to that championship. The best bit was, when she did walk out, Tony Storm was with her and then she left. So I like to think she went and found Lexi there and threw a shoe at her again. Sky also got one of these inset promos, but it made me laugh. Because when you had the picture in picture, you just saw Ruby whooping her ass. 
Although when they went to the outside, old Sky grabbed Ruby and she threw her into Barry Barricade. So bring it down, that is 99 on the Justice for Barry counter, which means one more. We get to 100, we shall have the funeral for Barry and we shall leave this counter forever. Because let's face it, wrestlers don't respect Barry. So they've won, I'm gonna give up respecting him too. Blue then carried this on by hitting a big old knee to the skull of Ruby Soho when she also hit her with a rolling neck breaker. I was like, wait a minute, that's her head and her neck. You're trying to decapitate her. They then start with the near falls, which is the 2023 way. But when Sky Blue went to play homage to James Bond and hit the sky fall, Ruby kicked out. Now look, I must believe in that move. I went hot down. She also went for the code blue, but that didn't work either. I think at this stage, Soho was like, wait a minute, you are hitting me with all your maneuvers. I haven't hit you with one. So she hit the no future, she hit the destination nowhere, and she got the one, two, three. That's that's a pretty good plan. I really did like this though, because I thought it was a fun match, but also Ruby Soho going after the TBS title is very smart. Doesn't mean I want to rush the stuff we're doing on Collision with Willow Nightingale, but if somehow we can cross those streams, well, I'll be into it once again. Sometimes the simplest stuff is the best. Up. When Renee Paquette <laughs> continued to stir the pot, I suppose that is her job. But this time she was with Roderick Strong and the Kingdom and they just wanted to make it very clear. Look, on Sunday, you will see the real Adam Cole and you will see the real MJF. And if this wasn't some top tier teasing, I don't know what wasn't. So my Tum Tum does tell me they're going to help Adam Cole to win the world championship, but they could also help MJF. And like I say, all of this could be a ruse. When you take the three segments that Rennie Paquette did here, they do get an up. They have made this main event feel so damn important, and I am very impressed all around. When the House of Black destroyed Billy Gunn boots. I mean, they were the shoes of daddy ass, a sentence you can only say in wrestling. This is, of course, what happened on Collision, and we re-aired it here, and clearly the acclaim for watching, because they stormed out, and they got a microphone, they were like, listen, Hob, you get your ass out right here. Because if you're going to be burning footwear, we're going to kick your ass. House of Black were cool with this. And they did come to the ring. It was the worst plan ever. There's like 87 members of that group. There's only Max Caster and Anthony Bowens. So obviously they got wrecked. It was so obvious what was going to happen. But once again, there's nothing wrong with that. Because the Acclaim's music then hit. And who came out? It was, of course, Duke the Dumpster Drozzy. Should have been old Duke, but it wasn't. It was Billy Gunn. Now, I cannot oversell how great this reaction was too. And it has to be one of the best pops of Billy Gunn's career. And when Daddy Ass started cutting a promo, my word, he was wound up. Because he made it clear that he was happy to walk away and he was happy to retire. But now you've got these goobers burning his boots and going after his kids. If you went really quiet, you probably could have heard Austin and Galton going, come on. Therefore, come all in. 80,000 people, Wembley Stadium. It's all or nothing. House of Black versus the acclaimed. Trio's titles on the line. And look, I've thought about this. The House of Black have been so damn good as champions, but given the occasion and given the event and given the reaction they will get, you gotta let Daddy Ass and the acclaimed win those championships. It is going to be utter carnage. This came and went pretty damn quick, but what a return for Billy Gunn. It's nice that he's getting his flowers. He's given a lot to professional wrestling. Up. Now, as you can already see by the damn time on this Ups and Downs episode, this Dynamite was completely rammed, which did mean when we got to our main event, they kind of had to do it in fast forward. But it was Aussie Open versus the Hardys. 
Let's not pretend that's not a big match. It also shows that Matt and Jeff totally get it because they were put in this place to ensure that Carl Fletcher and Mark Davis come across like a massive threat so when we get to the buy-in for All In, everybody can go, wow, what a team. I mean, they were able to get the poetry emotion in there before the Aussies did that thing where they just run around the ring and smash people together. But later on, Jeff Hardy was hitting the whisper in the wind and Matt Hardy was hitting the side effect. And they did this really cool move when Matty did like a superplex and Jeff came off the second rope with a splash broken up at two. Instantly though, Mark was able to revive Carl with an HP potion, so they hit the Aussie arrow onto Jeff Hardy, and they got the one, two, three. When they got the microphone, they were like, listen, ain't nobody hitting us with a kangaroo kick at the weekend. I was like, man, I love the ship we say in wrestling. It also means that they will still be the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions when we get to next week. Obviously, MJF and Adam Cole didn't like this. They appeared, they looked at each other, and we all got into another brawl. Now, Aussie Open were actually doing all right here before they were like, Haha, we're going to hit them with a double clothesline. It didn't work, which is when MJF and Cole would go for the double clothesline. That didn't work. So Maxwell wanted to hit the kangaroo kick. I was on the floor. The amount of weird moves they were trying to do, I love it. It ended when Cole was going to go for a super kick, but Carl Fletcher got out of the way, so he almost hit MJF. So once again, these two are like, wait a minute, something fishy is going on here. To the point, Friedman shoulder barge past Cole. He put on the dynamite diamond ring once again, even though he could whacked him, he didn't and he gave Cole a hug instead. Adam sold this so well because his face told a thousand stories, so once again, you just don't know not only what's gonna happen in the main event, but what's gonna happen in this tag match. You have to imagine whatever we do do then ties in, so I am totally flabbergasted by all of this in the best possible way, and in terms of a go-home angle leading into All In from Dynamite, it is absolutely getting an up. So he's just so, so good at one of the best stories in wrestling right now. And this whole episode of Dynamite gets an up. And now we just wait. We are a few days away from All In. It's going to rule. Now, please do leave a comment below and let me know what you thought about last night's show. And make sure you click this video on the screen, which is ups and downs for Raw. See what I thought of that old thing. You can go to whatcoach.com. You can follow us on social media. You can interact with this video, like, share, and subscribe. But more importantly... Just enjoy this madness as best as you possibly can, because once it's done, it's done. I will see you very soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 